Welcome, everybody, as always, to the Florida State of the Arc. As always, I'm your host, Dylan. Today, we are here getting ready for the last remaining series of the first half of the regular season as we get ready for the first half uh, champions to be crowned. I am very, very excited. This is a very exciting time. Um, we're going to go here real quick through the scores of the <clears throat> first half um, of the last weekend series of the first half. We're going to go through that real quick. We're also going to go through the all-star ro- we're, or not. We're, I guess we're not going to go through the all-star roster. Well, we'll go through the all-star rosters today. Um, going to go through them. Again, all the guys who are on the list, I'm just going to read off the list. Some of the guys aren't going to be on it, so you'll have to actually find out for yourself. I'm sorry. I should have had this a bit more prepared, but... They kind of don't really tell you. They should take off the guys who aren't on it, but, you know, obviously they don't. So, let's get right to it. Looking at the scores for today, it is June 9th, 2019 on a Sunday. So, let's begin. St. Lucie and Lakeland, they uh, completed a game that was suspended, which was yesterday. On the mound was Urban Santana, and on the mound for the Detroit, or for the Tigers, the Lakeland Flying Tigers, they had Jordan Zimmerman. So, a battle between two rehab starters uh, were against yesterday. Yesterday, Lakeland was a, or I guess today you would say, Lakeland was able to get the win 8-2-2. They won. They are now 28-33 on the year. St. Lucie falls under 500. They are 30-31. and Bradenton, they did, they uh, and Dunedin had a home had a hitting spree today. Bradenton had thirteen runs against Dunedin seven at Lecom Park. Uh, this was one of Dunedin's games where they were the home team. However, they play at Lecom Park today. Uh, Bradenton played as a road team. Jupiter able to beat Fort Myers. Shockingly, they're able to beat them in, in a shutout victory. Pretty substantial win for the Jupiter Hammerheads as they are trying to, you know, at least, you know, get some quality wins towards the end of the season. You know, they don't have anything to really play for, but trying to get some quality wins towards the end of the season always helps, and that's a good one as they're trying to get at least to 20 wins on the season. Uh, Jupiter able to win that one 8 to nothing. They go to 19-41, and 41, and Fort Myers goes to 36-26. and 26. Uh, St. Louisie and Lakeland, they played a doubleheader, as I said earlier. Uh, Lakeland was able to win that game 2 to nothing, so St. Lucie even fell further down to uh, under 500. They went to 30-32, and 32, and Lakeland went to 29-33, as they're trying to get up to 500 before the end of the first half of the season. Tampa, able to beat Florida in pretty much a meaningless series for both teams. Both teams obviously already eliminated, so really nothing other than maybe just pride, I guess, or confidence going into the second half. Tampa was able to win that one 5 to nothing today. Uh, Tampa 27 and 35 on the year, or on the first half of the season, I should say. And Florida there 25 and 38 in the first half. And Charlotte and Palm Beach, their game got suspended. So pretty big game for Palm Beach, especially. And also Daytona and Clearwater, their game got canceled due to rain as well. So those two games, really the biggest, both of the biggest series um, for teams that are trying to make a push to win their uh, division is crazy, especially for Clearwater and Daytona. They're so far back that this was a huge series. They really both really needed to play all games, and having it canceled now is not going to help there, um, not going to help at all uh, if they want to win their division. So looking at the current standings with all these rain delays and stuff, obviously Florida very 
Um, very interesting. Daytona, actually, today's game against Daytona, which Clearwater actually eliminated Daytona out of playoff contention at all. So Dunedin is only a game away from winning the first half championship. Clearwater just has to lose or Dunedin. Really, Dunedin just has to win tomorrow in order for them to win the division. So it's pretty much wrapped up in the north as Dunedin will most likely be your first half champions. Looking at the rest of the north, though, however, Dunedin, obviously, as I said, the most likely going to be the winners of the first half. Uh, they are 38-24 and 24 on the year as they are leading the division, and they are walking away with this um, as they really just kind of had a great year in that first half in the north. Uh, Clearwater, they're 34-28. and 28. Again, as I said, they're four games back. They're a game away from being eliminated, so it doesn't matter how tomorrow turns out. Um, it, as long as Dunedin really just wins, um, I mean, that, that's the only way. As, as long as Dunedin wins and Clearwater even wins, that will just both cancel out, and that would get, uh, get Clearwater eliminated. So, But Clearwater is actually doing a lot better as of late. They've won their last three, so they're going to be a team to watch out for in the second half. They have really turned things around. They were at the bottom of the north, and they've really turned things around getting up to the second place in the north division. So it'll be interesting to see how they do in the second half of the season. Daytona, they're 32-30, and 30, ending out as we're getting closer to the end of the first half of the season. Uh, they are six games back, but they're automatically eliminated. They've been on a three-game losing streak. They lost their last three to Clearwater as today was the – or they lost their last three straight as today was their final game against uh, Clearwater in the weekend series. Lakeland, they're 29-33, nine games back away. They're on a four-game winning streak. They've been doing pretty good as of late. It's weird that these teams at the bottom are just kind of, you know – starting to really put on some, you know, really going on a hot streak, winning a few games here and there. And I think the reason of it is, is you want to have that momentum heading into the second half, because the thing is, if you win the second half, you have the momentum heading into the playoffs. So the second half is actually a really, really good, you know, poor, I would rather win the second half than win the first half, because in the first half, you don't really need, you don't have anything to really play for. You already clinched a spot in the playoffs. You're really just, at that point, just trying to, you know, hopefully you can keep playing the way you guys are, and hopefully, you know, that momentum will roll into the playoffs. But with if you win the second half, you're going in with, you're hot, and you're, you know, you won your division. So it's, uh, the second half is a lot more beneficial. So I think that's why a lot of these teams are trying to, you know, end off with on a good note. So Daytona lost their last three. State Lakeland, 29-33, as I said, they're nine games back. They won their last four. Tampa, they're 27-35, and 35, or 11 games back. They're on a three-game winning streak as they've beaten the Fire Frogs in their last three games. The Fire Frogs, 25 and 28, 13 and a half games back. They are on a four-game losing streak. They are obviously the bottom dwellers of the North Division. Looking at the South, and really the South is the only division that actually has teams that are still up for grabs. Fort Myers, they're 36 and 26, looking like they could possibly win the South. However, it's still not out of anybody's reach as Bradenton, they're 35 and 27. They're only a game back. They're four games away from being eliminated, so they still have a shot. And Palm Beach, they're 34 and 27. They're a half, one and a half games back. Obviously, the rainout today does not help them, um, as they're three games away from being eliminated as well. So, 
Palm Beach and Bradenton are really the only two teams that really have any contention. As the next team that I'm going to talk to you about is Charlotte. They are four games back. They're 32-30. and 30. They're a game away from being eliminated, so the rainout did not help them today. Um, you know, not having a game at all. So that did not help them, allowing Fort Myers and Bradenton able to, you know, kind of take up, uh, you know, get a game up on those two teams. So it'll be interesting to see how that all turns out and if that rainout game was really a beneficial game, if that would have been a huge, you know, that would have been a, a crucial game, if that would have changed the way this could have all turned out, this uh, South Division uh, race. Uh, St. Lucie, they've obviously, obviously have been eliminated. They're 30-32. and 32. They're six games back, uh, if we were speaking, if we were doing a full season. They're obviously already eliminated. They're on a three-game losing streak. And Jupiter, they're 19-41. and 41. They're the worst team in the league. They're 16 games back, and they have obviously been eliminated for a bit now. They've been eliminated for like a week or two, um, and they're, they won their yeah, game today. So... It's going to be an interesting end to the season. Um, obviously, the North, pretty much Dunedin's going to win that, that North division. There's really no chance for Clearwater to really find... There's really no chance for Clearwater to have a shot at winning that division. Um, I mean, they're only a game away from being eliminated. So whatever happens tomorrow, even, even if there's a rainout tomorrow, even because, you know... Florida does rain a lot. Even if there's a rain out tomorrow, they're done um, regardless. So it's going to be interesting to see how that all turns out. But Dunedin's most likely going to win the North. And uh, Fort Myers, they're not out of cover just yet. Bradenton and Palm Beach are right on their hot, ta on their hot tails. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Bradenton and Palm Beach are able to do this week. And let's look real quick at the the kind of these schedules and let's see what games are going to happen uh, as we'll see who will be playing who this week if there's any you know major series that is going to happen um if there's any series that will potentially change the complexion of the divisions looking here fort myers and tampa not really a major series i would say um fort myers and tampa tomorrow will play a double header Dunedin and Florida, not again, not a major series. I mean, other than maybe Dunedin, you know, possibly winning the title tomorrow. Really nothing major. Bradenton and Charlotte. Bradenton, that might be a major. That's like the most majorish majorish series um, this week because, I mean, Charlotte still has a really, really bleak chance of making it to the playoffs. But Bradenton um, needs to get those games. So, um, and then Palm Beach and Jupiter. Palm Beach and Jupiter, they play tomorrow. They begin a series before the All-Star break. So the two uh, the two um, teams out of Roger Dean Stadium, they begin tomorrow. Daytona and Lakeland play a series, and St. Lucie and Clearwater play a series as well. So realistically, there's really no series that's really um, major other than maybe Bradenton Charlotte. And um, other than that, there's really no, like, there's no two teams matching up against each other that are really trying to win a play get a playoff spot as Dunedin in Florida obviously but Florida's been eliminated for a while Tampa's already eliminated St. Lucie's already eliminated both Daytona and Lakeland have already eliminated so there's really nothing to play for and Jupiter's obviously been eliminated too so really Palm really some of these series are kind of worthless and I mean even the Clearwater one is kind of worthless too because Clearwater's kind of kind of be eliminated tomorrow as long as Dunedin is able to get the win tomorrow. So, again, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all this will turn out for the rest of the first half as we are only a week away from the All-Star game. And let's look at the All-Star rosters here. Let's look at the North Divisional rosters, and let's begin 
with the coaching staff. So the coaching staff this year will be led by the Daytona Tortugas coaching staff. Obviously, they won the North Divisional title and made it to the championship game. Uh, so the hitting coach will be <clears throat> Alex Pelez, the coach for the <clears throat> excuse me, the coach for the. I'm sorry. May Reese. Let me try this again. <sighs> I'm sorry. Let me try this again here real quick. Um, I, I accidentally sorted everything, so it kind of screwed up a bit. Looking at the North Divisional rosters here real quick. So the hitting coach is Alex Pelez for Daytona. The <clears throat> regular coach, the main coach, is Lenny Harris. He's just kind of like a, I guess, maybe a, a third base coach. Um, the manager is Ricky Gutierrez, and the pitching coach is Tom Brown. Looking at the pitching staff for this all-star team who has been picked to be in the all-star team again some of these guys are not on their team they got moved up to double a or something in that nature so we'll go through that real quick uh nick algeyer will be from the dunedin blue jays brayden bristow from tampa hayden deal from florida grant dyer from clearwater congrats to grant dyer we'll be having him on the podcast this week so congrats to him uh really really cool jonathan hennigan uh, congrats to him, Damon Jones, and actually I think Hennigan got brought up, so he's not on going to be on the All Star team. Brooks Krisky, uh, from Tampa, and by the way, Dyer Hennigan and uh, Jones are all from Clearwater. Uh, Packy Knowlton from Daytona, he got brought up to Chattanooga, so he's not going to be on the team. Ryan Nuttoff, uh, from Daytona, Tariq Scubal from Lakeland, Graham Spraker from Dunedin, Brandon S White from Florida, and Brad Wilson from Daytona. That rounds out your pitching staff from A to Z. Looking at the catchers, <clears throat> Riley Adams will be the catcher, uh, will be the Dunedin Blue Jays catcher. Uh, Hendrick Clementina, the Daytona Tortugas catcher. William Contreras, he got robbed to Mississippi, so he won't be in the game, but the Daytona Tortugas uh, or the, excuse me, the Florida Firefrogs catcher, that is. Uh, and Jason Lopez, the catcher for the Tampa Tarpons, got the nod. Um, infielders, Alec Bone, the third baseman from Clearwater. Kind of surprising. I actually wasn't expecting him to be brought into the All-Star game because he kind of got in late. Um, he You know, he got into the league later on. He kind of got brought up late. So I was kind of shocked that he actually got into the All-Star game this year. Riley Delgado, the shortstop from Florida, got the nod into the All-Star game. Dermis Garcia, the first baseman from Tampa. Jonathan India, the third baseman from Daytona. Kevin Josefina made it, which is cool. Second baseman from Florida. Obviously, we interviewed Josefina on the podcast. So really cool to have him. Colin Large, infielder from Dunedin. Alejo Lopez, second baseman from Daytona. Nick Matone, infielder from Clearwater. And Riley Unroe, shortstop from Florida. He's going to not be on the team because he got brought up to Mississippi. Luke Birch, he got the nod from Lakeland, but I believe he got brought up, so I don't think he'll be on the team. Isaiah Gilliam, outfielder, obviously, from Tampa. Simon Muziotti, outfielder from Clearwater. Andy Sigilio, outfielder from Daytona. And Matt Verling, who we'll be having on the podcast here. I will be interviewing him on Tuesday. He from Clearwater. So, And then the DH is Brady Poselli, I think that's how you say it. Poselli, Poselli, uh, uh, yep, Poselli. Uh, so that is how I, 
I had terrible names, guys. Um, he got the nod at the DH position because there is a DH spot. So that is your North Division roster uh, from pitchers, I guess, or I should say from coaching staffs up till um, the DH position. Now looking at the South Division, I'm not too good on who got brought up and brought down in the South, but we're going to look here real quick. <clears throat> looking at the South managers and coaches toby gardenhire will be the manager for the fort myers miracle and for the pitching coach it'll be luis ramirez from the fort myers miracle as well um apparently they don't have any like i don't know they they don't list the rest of their coaching staff so that doesn't help but looking at their pitching staff uh, i'm not sure who's brought up who's not brought up so we're gonna go here real quick through this uh the pitchers for the all-Star game this year will begin here. The first one, Cody Bolton from Bradenton, Edward Cabrera from Jupiter. So a little bit of a hometown, home stadium feel, I guess you would say. Kind of like, you know, guys who go to from Cleveland get to the All-Star game. Uh, Edward Cabrera from, Ju- oh, I already said that. Joel Cesar from Bradenton, Perry Della Vela from Palm Beach, Brian Dobozenski from Palm Beach, so some Palm Beach guys there, Luis Escobar from Bradenton, Alex Fag- Fag- Fagold, I hope I said that right, from Palm Beach, Tom Hackenmeyer from Fort Myers, Jordan Holloway from Jupiter, Alex Phillips from Fort Myers, Johan Quezada from Fort Myers, Angel Rendon from Palm Beach, Brian Sammons from Fort Myers, Blake Taylor from St. Lucie, and Mickey York from these Charlotte Stone Crabs. That rounds out your pitchers from A to Z. Heading into the catchers, Ryan Jeffers from Fort Myers, Nick Mayer from St. Lucie, and Julio Rodriguez from Palm Beach rounds out your catching group there for the all-star team. Looking at the infielders, Vidal Brujan, the second baseman from Charlotte, Dylan Busby, the third baseman from Bradenton, Jose Devers, the shortstop from Jupiter. Luin Diaz, the first baseman from Fort Myers, Jim Haley, the infielder from Charlotte, Royce Lewis got the nod from Fort Myers, the infielder. Manny Rodriguez, the shortstop from St. St. Louis. That's definitely wrong. We'll say Palm Beach. I don't know why they have that there. I don't think that's right. Yeah, St. Lucie. They put that totally wrong. Um, St. Lu- I looked at it because on here it says St. Louis. Um, so they definitely did that wrong. Um, they definitely did that wrong there, but... Um, Interesting. So, uh, anyways, Manny Rodriguez, shortstop from St. Lucie. Sorry about that. And Taylor Wall, shortstop from the Charlotte Stone Crabs. Looking at the outfielders, Trevor Larnack from the Fort Myers Miracle made it. Cal Mitchell, outfitter from Bradenton, made it. Travis Swaggerty, who we've had on the podcast, made it. Congratulations, Travis. Justin Torner, the outfielder from Palm Beach, made it. And the DH is Robbie Glendening, the DH from the Bradenton Marauders. So that is your all-star roster. And now we're going to kind of go into the home run derby participants. Now, we don't know who they are, but we're going to do this based off of the league leaders in home runs. And we're going to do it based off of who would get in um, based off of how many home runs they have hit so far in the year. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to have four from the north and four from the south. So this is who would make it if we were doing it that way. Um, again, it's probably not going to be that way, but you never know. I don't know how the home run derby they selected and all that, so it will be interesting, but um, I thought we'd do that. So let's go to league batting here. Let's go to home runs, and let's get you guys who, if we were just to take it based off of home runs, 
who would make it to the home run derby. So, let's begin with the North team. Um, so the North team would consist of Dermis Garcia from the Tampa Tarpons. He's got 14 home runs on the year, hitting a 263 batting average, and he's got 45 RBIs as well. We're going to give you the home runs, how many RBIs he's got, and his batting average. So that would be for the first participant for the North side of, I guess, the bracket. I don't know how they do it. I've never been to a home run derby, so I don't know, how, or a minor league one especially, so I don't know how they do it. Um, for the second North participant, it would be Jonathan India from the Daytona Tortugas. He's got eight home runs on the year. He's got a 252 average and 22 RBIs. The third participant would be Jalen Ortiz from Clearwater. Seven home runs for him, a 207 average and 27 RBIs. And the final participant for the North Division would be Brady Poselli or Polacelli from Lakeland. Seven home runs, 266 average, and 29 RBIs. Once I get the actual home run derby lineup out, I will tell you guys, and maybe I'll do like a little voting thing. Maybe I'll give away something in the process as well. Now looking at who would make it to the South Home Run Derby group. Again, four batters for each division. That's how we're going to do this here. Lewin Diaz would make the team. He has 13 from the Fort Myers Miracle. 13 home runs for him, as I said. A 307 batting average, which is pretty good. And 35 RBIs. And that's an understatement. That is really good. So for Bradenton, they would get two. These next two they would get. They would get Dylan Busby. The Bradenton Marauder has 11 home runs. A 200 average exactly and 31 RBIs. And their second player they'll be getting is Robbie Glendening, who I actually heard from one of the um, Bradenton Marauders peoples that actually that he that he is supposed to be in the home run derby. So that's the only guy that I so far know might be in the home run derby um, on Saturday um, for Bradenton. So far he's got seven home runs and he's hitting a 327 and he's got 25 RBIs. And the Fourth and final person, and what a fitting way to end it, would be Lazaro Alonso from the Jupiter Hammerhead. So a little bit of a hometown home run feel there for them. Lazaro Alonso has six home runs, a two fifty four average, and 26 RBI. So that is how that would go if we were to take just based off of home runs. Who would make it in the north? Who would make it in the south? Again, four per each. Um, if you want to do it, if you want to tell me who you actually think will make it, not based off of just a statistic, you can do that. Um, you, if you want to do it based off of like who you like, that's fine too. But uh, I want to hear who you guys think will be in the Home Run Derby. I'm really excited for the All-Star break. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, kind of coming up, what's going to come up this week, I'm going to have the interview with um grant dyer the clearwater threshers reliever and as i said earlier he's also an all-star as well i'm also going to have on the podcast most likely matt veerling also from clearwater as well on the podcast as well we might have johan duran on the podcast a lot of interviews coming up on the way here lots of stuff to listen to lots of got you can listen to their you know how you know their um their stories and kind of listen to them and uh get to know these players and who they are and 
you know, what they do to prepare for games and all that good stuff. So, again, you know, get to really get to experience, hear what these players' lives are like and how and how they are on the field, you know, as a player, how they play, how they perform, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So that is pretty much it, guys. Thank you guys for listening to the Florida State League Radio Network. Again, final week of the season. Listen to all the Florida State League games on Tune in and also check them out on the first pitch app on the MILB um, app. You go download it on Apple Store or you can go download it on like Google Store or Google. I don't know what it is. Google Plays. I'm not really too sure, but you can go download it and you can get all the teams and follow all of them and listen to all their games. You can also listen to me too as you can follow all of the Florida State League teams through this podcast here on the FSL Radio Network. Go listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, and on and on CastBox as we podcast three to four times a week. And as we are getting to head out here, I uh, just want to give a quick uh, shout-out to our sponsors. Officials Depot, are you, are you looking for new officials, <clears throat> officials wear that you need to wear for baseball, basketball, football? Well, go check out Officials Depot. You can use my discount code FSL Network, all in caps. Uh, as I said it clearly, FSL Network, and you could go get 15% off your order. And if you need new equipment as an official, whether it's for baseball, basketball, football, volleyball, whatever, um, go on to Officials Depot. They are a great site, and you can get 15% off using my discount code. They even have hats for leagues, so even if you don't like want to get a polo, I mean, they have polos on there. They have a ton of stuff. Even if you're not going to be an official, they have stuff for people they can just wear like out and stuff. So anyways, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for always supporting this podcast. Again, remember, listen to your Florida State League, everybody. This is the final week of the first half of the season. I'm getting ready. Hopefully you guys are. And uh, this week we'll be having some special guests on the podcast. Get ready. It's going to be a fun week. Thank you guys for always listening. Peace out. See you guys in our next episode.